My name is Robin Reed, and today I'm going to talk to you about the five A's for overcoming obstacles in business. Welcome. Uh, today I'm actually really excited. This is something that I coach companies on, and I'm really excited to share this information on the five A's of overcoming obstacles in business. Obviously, we are all as business owners um, adapting to the pandemic and all the other issues that are happening in the world and our businesses have to continue. And I've studied businesses, I, I own several, but I studied businesses for quite some time. And what I found was those companies that were successful uh, in handling challenges kind of always came back to these five A's, if you will. So I tried to simplify it. Uh, so let's get started. So the first A, is assess. Uh, you need to determine if the situation in your case is an obstacle or an opportunity. And I would argue that even within obstacles, there are opportunities in business. But the first thing to do is determine if indeed the challenge that has been placed in front of you is, uh, is an obstacle or an opportunity. For example, obstacles. We know that the airline industry was negatively impacted by the pandemic because the ability to travel was hindered greatly. Uh, we know that commercial office buildings were, are, are at lower occupancy. They're buildings that are gonna be sold with everyone working remotely. We know that people are driving less and I'm gonna to touch on where, where for some of us that's an opportunity, but people are driving significantly less if they're not going into an office. So fuel companies are uh, experiencing a, a significant loss of revenue. Restaurants, we've, you know, if any of us are watching the news, we know that restaurants have really been severely impacted by the pandemic and people's ability to go out and enjoy meals. And even those that have been able to reopen, um, they were first asked to reopen at a 25% capacity. Uh, I believe I just heard earlier in the week that it is now at a 50% capacity. Uh, but for those of you that understand the, the restaurant and food service business, you know it's very difficult to, to succeed at those levels um, and still run a viable business. Gyms, uh, again, very much in the news. I uh, believe we've, we've got a, a local gym owner um, that has been, you know, at odds with our governor about when and how they can open up their gym. But obviously, attendance has dropped greatly. Uh, I read an I read an article last week, might have been earlier this week, that uh, several gyms are seeing thirty to forty percent cancellations. Uh, but again, that's that can be a, an opportunity as well for those that don't own gyms necessarily. Public venues, we know that. Uh, Football stadiums, concert venues, et cetera, are experiencing dramatic declines uh, with, with a lot of professional teams and, and, and public venues um, just not accepting um, attendees anymore. So we know those are, that's an obstacle. And of course, hotels. If people aren't traveling, they're not staying in hotels. Um, so, so we're seeing these, these are actually obstacles. Um, but this hasn't been an obstacle for everyone. So let's look at some of the opportunities that were created by this exact same pandemic. Zoom. Zoom made a dramatic, I mean, a dramatic increase in revenue uh, because everybody shifted to virtual. So we know that was a huge opportunity for them. Virtual meeting equipment. I'll tell you, uh, I don't know how many of you can see uh, a setup that I have here, but I have a fairly extensive setup with 
uh, a professional level microphone and camera and I've got a green screen behind me when I choose to use it. Uh, I was fortunate. I acted early and I got all of the tools that I needed. But interestingly, um, about a week later, everything was sold out. It was a three to four week wait before you could get any of this. So we're seeing that that was an opportunity. That particular industry is showing a dramatic increase in sales. Um, office furniture. We know, you know, with everyone now needing to set up a home office, uh, office furniture sales and actually furniture sales were up nearly 400%, uh, again, due to the pandemic. Computer sales, this is directly related to the young people. We've got parents that are now teachers uh, and kids are being uh, educated at home. And so computer sales have gone up because you needed to buy a computer for your, your, your child. Uh, you know, on which they could do their homework or, or, or study or many other things. So we're seeing that that was a significant increase. And obviously, internet uh, service providers. Uh, you know, I recently upgraded mine because of the amount of time and the volume of, of bandwidth I need for what I do. I needed to upgrade mine. So that's an increase in revenue to my internet service provider. So they're seeing things like that. Interestingly enough, these opportunities don't just lie within a revenue generating um, foundation. Uh, for example, I happen to use HubSpot as my, uh, my customer relationship management software, my CRM. Um, there was an opportunity because of the pandemic for me to upgrade significantly in the services I use through HubSpot where I'm saving $1,200 a year and I'm getting more uh, capabilities, more marketing capabilities, more uh, strategy capabilities. Um, so that's another value and benefit. That's an opportunity that I was able to capitalize on. So the first thing is always under is assessing the situation. Is it actually an obstacle for you or is it possible that it's an opportunity? Second step, the, the next A is to adapt. Once you've determined whether it is an opportunity or an obstacle, you need to adapt. Um, I, I'm sure we are all, and, and I <laughs> deliberately said adapt because we're probably all sick of hearing the word pivot. I, I think I've heard the word pivot more in the last 90 days than I have in all of the years of my life before combined. But as we talk about adapting, it's adjusting your strategy to capture the new opportunity or to minimize the impact of the obstacle. So when we're making that adjustment, we're saying it's time for us to look at our outcome differently. So when, when the pandemic hit, a lot of people kind of froze, right? They, they, they stopped and waited because we had our fingers crossed and we hoped that it was going to be a temporary situation. As time went by, you started to see some companies adapting. You started to see um, larger companies send people home. They adapted. You started to see, um, you started to see businesses create reductions in force, letting people go. Again, they adapted. They saw a different potential outcome and they realized that it was time to make a change. So one of the things that you can do, however, is make sure, and this is the third A, make sure that when you design your new strategy, when you adapt, make sure that you've articulated the new strategy to your entire team. Um, one of the things that I noticed as I talked to some of our mid-sized companies is leadership was great at saying what the new strategy was. We're going to do this. 
but they may have only spoken it to each other in leadership. And that didn't filter down to, um, to the, the foundational level staff that gets a lot of the work done, the staff that executes whatever the company's strategy is. So the third A, and this one might be one of the more important, but the third A, its purpose is to create alignment. Make sure you have everyone on the same page. Uh, because they have to understand the value they bring to the desired outcome. If you've hired someone to do a particular job, and then through the, um, through the pandemic, you realize you need to do other things with them, you need to expand what kind of work they do because you've had a reduction in force, then you need to make sure that you've made that clear to that person. You have to help them understand you, your value to me is beyond necessarily the job I just hired you to do um, and make that clear and let them see what the new strategy is. Now, I see a lot of companies um, when they make a reduction in force, it's a knee jerk reaction. Uh, they often create the reduction in force based solely on one of two factors, uh, how much money the person is paid or how long the person has worked in the company. Sometimes it will be based on experience, but the typical uh, knee-jerk reaction is uh, they create a reduction in force to save dollars or to uh, reward longevity. When in fact, the best way to create a reduction in force is making sure that you've got the right person for the new strategy. There are several um, behavioral and cognitive assessment tools out there. Uh, my company offers several, uh, but there are several out there in which you can make sure you can align the strategy and then look at the person, everyone you have, anyone you're considering uh, letting go and looking at their, their behavioral analytics and their cognitive analytics, just to make sure that you're creating the best long-term solution. Because often you might keep someone who's been there the longest, but they also might be the most resistant to change. And if someone is resistant to change, you're still not gonna achieve the outcome. So we're really, really, um, big supporters of making sure if you're going to have a reduction in force, make sure you're reducing your force by, by letting go of the right person for the right reason. And equally importantly, that you're keeping the right person for the right reason. Here's the next one. It's act. Now you've got to do something. Um, the, the step that most people often overlook is now what is the action plan? So you've determined that it's an obstacle or an opportunity. Uh, you've decided that you can adapt. You have aligned everybody and now it's time to do something. And many companies fail to create then the action plan. The, okay, what day do we start doing the next thing? What day do we begin um, uh, initiating this next objective and what does it look like? Because it, it is only from action that you can determine if you're on the right track. Um, by taking an action, it's going to create no change, a negative change or a positive change. That's true of any action you take. Um, but to take that action, it's necessary so that you can determine, do I continue with this? Did that strategy not work? Do I not have the right person? whatever it might be, it's, it's necessary to take that action. Again, most companies stop at this point and, and sometimes it's out of a little bit of fear or apprehension. Uh, if I do this and I'm wrong, but that's really true of every day in business, right? Um, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, um, a lot of times we are 
working on what we believe is a great strategy and then we don't get the outcome we want. So we have to change and we feel uh, a little nervous about whether or not that's going to create the the outcome that we want. But that's part of the kind of that internal courage that it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. So really, you know, when you get to this one, this is the key. It's take an action. Even if you don't fully believe it's, it's baked to completion, try something because no action is the worst thing you can do because you will stall. You will stall and you'll sit in one place and nothing will work. And then what tends to happen is you lose confidence of your team. You sometimes can lose confidence in yourself. Um, and so really focus on this one. So the last A is accelerate. So at the point that you have, uh, you've done all the others, you've taken action. So let's say now you've done it, you've, you've taken action, you, you realized that um, the action you took was the right one. It's taking you in the direction of you want, that you wanted. Um, this is the time to accelerate. So increase your investment, increase your commitment, into that new strategy. Don't, don't cautiously move forward, but strategically accelerate, move forward. Because as we know with all things, um, this too shall pass as they say. So the reason you accelerate in these moments is because whatever the situation is, it's not going to last forever. Uh, what it's going to do is last a finite period of time and then everything will change again and you've got to be ready to start all over again with assessing the next change. But to accelerate uh, is to then start capitalizing, get there before others realize you've, you've identified the opportunity and, and drive your business forward. Uh, I want to cover a few things that I think are really important as far as examples. Um, there's a restaurant called The Larry here in Phoenix. Uh, the Larry is kind of a, you know, basic food um, cuisine. Uh, they, the owners had a strategic plan to open a high-end sushi restaurant. So the strategy prior to COVID was we're going to open a high-end sushi restaurant, separate location, new lease, etc. Then COVID hit. So the first thing they did was assess the situation. And once they assessed the situation, they adapted and said, we don't, this is not the time to open another location. So they assessed it, determined that it was going to be an obstacle to try to open a second location. So they made the decision um, by adapting to not follow through with that plan. But what they did at the same time was created a new plan. And that new plan was, we're going to have, because our current restaurant doesn't have a dinner menu, we're going to convert our restaurant at night into a high-end sushi takeout restaurant. So same location, no increase in rent, no increase in staff. In fact, one of the things it did was gave their staff an ability to stay employed uh, and, keep, and keep those valued people. So they adapted, they assessed, um, and then they aligned everybody with this. They aligned every single person on the team with the fact that they were now going to be a high-end sushi takeout restaurant in addition to the Larry operating its normal business. And because they got everyone on board, um, they were then able to act. So they quickly turned it into, uh, into that dual restaurant 
um, usage, and then they accelerated. So while other restaurants were struggling with how do we stay open? How do I keep my staff? Um, the Larry was accelerating past all of them and delivering quality food, um, fulfilling their own business strategy and thriving through this situation where others were really hanging on just trying to survive. So that's, that's an example and I'm sure there are several more. I'm quite sure each of you knows, uh, knows business owners that found a way uh, to succeed in this situation. Um, you know, the other example I can think of is that a lot of personal trainers immediately shifted to providing um, online fitness uh, training. Um, you look at a lot of the home uh, exercise equipment and you see that many businesses, uh, fitness businesses, uh, got into the exercise equipment sales. Um, Honeywell, another great example, pivoted quickly and started to make PPE um, equipment. Um, these are companies that, again, followed these five steps and then kind of really took advantage of those last two. Uh, one was to act and the other was to accelerate. So those are the five A's of how to overcome obstacles in business.